Hi, Tina. Must be special. Tina and Bob got up early today. Or our high schoolers have left, and now they're coming back. See, other people don't want them either. <laughs> well, moms, happy Mother's Day. My mother is about five foot seven. I don't, I won't even guess how much she weighs because that's just going to start a fight somewhere along the line. <laughs> But I think if you gave me three rounds, I could take her out. She's 82, and I'm pushing 60, and I think I still have enough to take her down. Um, She was going to be here today, but she hasn't been feeling well, so she didn't come. And whenever mom's going to be here, I'm nervous. Because that's mom. That's mom. And I know she scrutinizes what I say. Matter of fact, she usually will do all the correction on the misspelling words on the presentation when she sees them. Um, Michael, there's words misspelled. I mean, (laughs) she's just that way. She doesn't even look at the spelling. She can just see it and tell. And... um, But nonetheless, you know, there's just just something special about that old lady. (laughs) That as even as I'm putting my study together, I mean, I want to minister to everybody, but I want to minister to my mother too. And, you know, thinking of her and how she's going to hear it and how she's going to process it. Now, that's the only time of the year that I do that because usually I don't care what you think. It's all about what God has to say. And it is here too. But again, there's just this special time. And, And mom... Mom is just special. Now, I usually, well, when I give a Mother's Day study, or at least this one, I want to preface it with this. I always speak on the higher calling of Christ Jesus. Not everybody had a perfect mom. Not everybody here has been a perfect mother. But in Christianity, we do not dwell in our failures of the past or the failures of others in the past. It's all about the grace of God and moving forward in Christ Jesus. So we need to look forward in the victory in the future. And if your mother wasn't all that she could have been, well, it's up to you to make the change. It's up to you to make the change for the future generations so that, well, they would rise up and they would call you blessed. And so I just want to speak of that. I, I, I know that there's people here and people have told me in the past that their mom was not the mom that I've spoke of from the pulpit, but neither is mine. We speak of, again, perfection in the Lord Jesus Christ, that higher calling to which we are to attain to. But go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start, some of this isn't going to be on the presentation because I decided to go in a little bit of a different direction this morning, kind of at the last minute, so presentation doesn't have it all. If you have any complaints, you see Christina back there after service. (laughs) She's going, no! Mary has just got some amazing news. The Holy Spirit is overshadowing her, and she's pregnant. This young woman who could be anywhere, even as young as 14. And, well, how do you tell people that, especially in that culture, when you could be stoned to death for such things, that, well, God appeared to me, or at least an angel did, and said that I'm going to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And so 
these big things are happening in their lives. Now, I can go back to when my wife first was pregnant with my son, Sean, a couple of things that uh, I saw that, well, these things were bigger than us. I, I don't know of any woman that is completely prepared to become pregnant and to have a baby, especially the first one. These new and different things are going on, and um, I, one of the things I've kind of noticed with my wife and some of my friends, my wife had moved to Oklahoma, didn't know a lot of people, so pretty much most of her friends were through me, wives of my friends, but I did notice how they would get together and they would talk about these things, and some of them are kind of disgusting, but nonetheless, they'd talk about these changes and these occurrences and all of these things, and it was just kind of a, it's kind of a neat thing. Now, I'm glad God gave that to the woman, and I don't want any of that, because I'm not a woman. But I, I, I do see this bond that they developed in this, I don't know, kinship, whatever it might be. Well, that's what's going on here with Mary and Elizabeth. They're both pregnant, and this is a supernatural occurrence by God, but I'd present to you that every pregnancy is a supernatural occurrence of God. That God gave you the children that you have, whether you like it or not. But he, he truly did. And what we see here is an outburst of praise from Mary when she's understanding the magnitude of what God has done. And so, now, I, I would imagine when, and it was how it was for us, when you first become praying, yeah, you see the miracle in it and just the joy, but that can so quickly fade. So I want to revisit a little bit about that. I want to look back at Mary before the birth of the Lord, but I'd like to take the moms here back, and men, we can kind of follow along to that time, well, that time at the birth, but looking back from the perspective of, I've got adult children now, and your children are all at different places, but just look back and see this great work that God does. This great work that God does through the avenue that is motherhood and how this is ordained by God, even used as an example in certain places in the scriptures of God's relationship to his people. And so again, I can't say it enough how special this ministry is. Now, if this was Father's Day, I'd be saying the same thing, and rightfully so about dads, but nonetheless, I want to look at it from the perspective of what, as a man, of what God has done and is doing, and I pray that you would as well. And so in verse 46, it says, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She realizes that there's no perfection within her that she needed a savior. She needed a savior and God's delivering. Now, really what she's experiencing is the fulfillment of the promises that God had given so long ago. If you remember that God had promised a seed through Eve, and now it's being delivered upon. Now, this is the mindset of all Jewish women that maybe, just maybe it's, I'm going to be the one, the, the mother of this Messiah. Maybe I'm going to have, have that privilege Maybe I'm going to have the honor. God will bestow it upon me in order to deliver this child. Well, Mary's coming to the, she's coming to the full knowledge that this is her. This is her. It, it, it's happening. The will of God is happening right now, and the will of God is happening through me. Yesterday, you know, we, we can take these things for granted, and we ought never to take anybody for granted. Ought not to take our spouses for granted, definitely not our children for granted, and even each other in here in this room for granted. Yesterday I was doing some accounting work. We had to change bank accounts because some things have been changed around. I use an accounting program and I had to open a new account up 
not to get into too much detail here in that. In order to do that, I needed to enter, re-enter a chart of accounts, and that took a couple hours. And then I had to re-enter in all the people who give, and so I go back to the old one, I export it out, and I wanted to import it in, and it wasn't going in. And I can think, well, I can enter it by hand, but there's 700 entries here. I don't want to sit here and enter 700 people into the computer. And so I'm getting frustrated, and I was, well, if I had any, I'd be pulling my hair out. And, 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 and then my wife calls, and I'm just, what does she want? Doesn't she know that I'm working here? Doesn't she know that I'm going through all this stuff? And yes, and what are you doing? I'm, what do you mean, what am I doing? And I tell you, I, was, no, I didn't say that, but I'm of that mindset. And I was short with her, and I hung up, and I thought, it was a little short with her. It wasn't really good. And about two minutes later, she calls back again. And I go through the whole process. What does she want? No. But I did look at this. Well, this is a second chance I'm having here to be a little bit nicer. And she said, you know what? I just want to pray for you. It's like, yeah, what a nice woman. And she did. She prayed for me, and, and it calmed me down. Within five minutes after that, I had it all in. And you can think, what a coincidence? Or you can think, what a God? And Mary's understanding here, wow, what a God. And I pray that you would think the same thing as far as your child, not calling your child God, but understanding the grace and the mercy and the goodness of God that has blessed you with one of his. I mean, that child is on loan to you. That is his child, but he has given it to you. And we need to embrace the responsibility of it, but also the joy that is contained in it. Now, it's interesting. Look at the magnitude in which Mary worships the Lord. We're told in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it's called the great Shema. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're told in Thessalonians that man is body, soul, and spirit, and we see Mary worshiping God here for all that she is. It says, and Mary said, and the idea here is with her body, with, with, with her being, she is worshiping the Lord. She's physically worshiping God. Again, understanding the magnitude of what God is doing as far as the salvation of his people, probably not knowing all the details, but God is doing a great thing. Now again, we're looking back, a lot of us, most of us, just about all of us, maybe it's only a couple years, maybe it's 40 years, but we're looking back at that time as well, and understand the good thing that God has done as far as the children that he's given you. Now, you can say, well, you don't understand, Pastor Mike, this happened, this happened, this happened. With Jesus Christ, there's always great potential. There's always great potential in your life and what God will do either through you or through somebody else into the life of that child. God is always wanting to do a great work. Don't sell God short. Just as surely as Mary is praising before the fact Be a person that praises God for the kids, the children that he has given you. They're valuable in his sight, and we need to continue to hold them dear within our hearts. And so here, Mary said, are you you still able to speak well of your children? I mean, in the Lord Jesus Christ, I ought never to speak evil of my wife, I ought never to speak evil of my children, regardless of what they have done. I need to speak well of them. And the first person that I need to speak well before or understand that who I speak before is my God. But also that I would not sell them short in the eyes of anybody else. 
Because if you ever noticed, and you've probably done this, I've done it as well, we can so easily jump upon the slander bandwagon. I mean, that's a wagon a lot of people like to ride. Because what do we do? We put others down, it makes us feel better. Or, you know, I got a dirty, rotten kid, but their kid is really dirty, rotten. So if I put their kid down, then maybe I can exalt mine or at least kind of forget about how bad they are. But, you know, we, as we do that, that's uh, not of the Lord. That's definitely not of the Lord, and it's definitely not that which is going to minister to a child. Because I notice the things that we think about and dwell upon, and if I'm thinking and dwelling upon the negative constantly, then my ministry is always going to be to the negative, or my attitude is always going to be to the negative. I need to dwell upon what is good. I need to dwell upon what is righteous and what is holy and what God is able to do in their lives. And Mary said, and she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. She's speaking of in her soul. She's speaking of her personality, the person that she is. And she's just having a joyful spirit about all that's going on. The one thing that I've noticed with my mom, whenever we come over, we were over there last Monday, she's always excited to see us. And we're not that exciting to people. But, you know, just that I, I really believe, and I see the ministry that I have towards my mother, is that this is something that, that is real, and this is something that, that really touches her heart. And I need to see the value of that, at least the value that she places upon that. It really causes her to, to rise up, and it really causes an excitement within her heart. Well, because she's pregnant with the Lord here, her soul is just magnifying the Lord and what he has done, understanding the value that is to be placed in the child that you have been given. And it, you need to, we need to grasp onto that, and we need to embrace that to see that this child is fearfully and wonderfully made that God desires to be glorified through that child, that God wants to perform miracles in and through that child, that this child is to be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, that this child is to rise up and to do great things in the sight of the Lord. And how am I lending into God's purposes in his life? And so she's magnifying the Lord and and that's the key, is to have a, a heart that physically magnifies God for who he is, that the kids, the, our kids would see the reality of God in our lives. Because one of the worst things we do, and most of you know what I'm going to say because I say it all the time, but is we act holy here at church and go home and act like he, heathen at home. But that they would know that our Christianity is real within our hearts. Because I guarantee you, what is real in your heart will sooner or later become real in their hearts. And I've seen that come to pass in my children, even my children when they weren't walking well with the Lord. I've seen the reality of Christianity within their hearts because my wife and I, we've made many mistakes, but we've made that to be a priority in the lives of our children. And we're praying that this is going to be a priority in the lives of our grandchildren. If you haven't done this, start now. Start today. Make Mother's Day 2017 to be the priority of doing so. And if it wasn't done in your life, I'm sorry, that's too bad, but you're responsible because you know God and you know the Word of God. And it's up to us to do the Word of God because it's then that we'll be blessed by the Word of God. And so by body, Mary said, Mary's given an outward manifestation through the, the, the body that God has given her. Her soul speaks of her personality and she's just joyful in what God has done. Verse 47, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. This speaks of the personal relationship that we have with our God. 
spirit. Spirit is that, we're told in Ephesians chapter 2, which was formerly dead, but God has called at the point of our salvation to come to life. My dog, my dog, well, I don't have a dog. My granddaughter's dog, I mean my daughter's dog. What's my granddaughter's dog? They have a body, it's very obvious, and they have personalities. My daughter Kelly's got two little dogs, and they're different in their personalities, but they don't have a spirit. They don't, they don't have fellowship with God. In, in us, God has caused that spirit to come alive because I know, although maybe I wanted to at times before salvation, I didn't have fellowship with God. It was through faith in Jesus Christ that my spirit came alive and I became one with the Lord. And so here we have her spirit and is rejoicing. She's just worshiping God for what he is doing and she's understanding the magnitude of what's happening and that this is my Savior. And what that speaks to me of is the personal relationship, Mom, that is so necessary to have with Jesus Christ. Now, I talked just a minute ago about that relationship as it ministers to their life, but here I'm talking about fostering that personal place where nobody else visits but you and God, that that would be strengthened through the power of his might for the purpose of his glory, but really for the purpose of strengthening and solidifying the relationship that you have with your God. Understand and never discount the importance of this. If you want to be a mother, if you want to be a godly mother, you have to have that strong personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You'll never live up to all that God has unless you do so. It's important. It's even essential. I've seen it in my wife. I see it in my children. And I see just how dear that is and how important that is. It's that work that God does in the quiet place. And what I mean by the quiet place, the place that nobody else visits but you and God. Verse 48. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Behold, henceforth... All generations shall call me blessed. Now, Mary has been put in a place that she ought not to have been put in. She's not co-redemptress. She is not without sin. Why would she call God her Savior if she was without sin? And so that's just not a reality. But she does say, they will call me blessed. They will call, why, why are they calling her blessed? Because she fulfilled the ministry that God has given her. Really, in the Bible, very little is said about Mary. And after Acts chapter 1, we, we don't really hear from her again. But she was blessed. She had that, that honor and she had that privilege. Understand the honor and the privilege that you have being a mother. Understand that this is a blessing that has been given to you by God. That God looked down upon you and as he wanted to bless you, one of the blessings that he gave you was that child. And it doesn't matter the situations and circumstances that surround. There's some situations and circumstances that it may, and I mean this seriously, at conception maybe seem like the, the curse, you know, apart from marriage or, or maybe something that, whatever it might be, you, we can sit here and think of a million things. But ultimately, it is a blessing. It is a blessing that has come from the hand of God. And as we see that, and as we understand the magnitude of that, we should have the same mindset to, to just call out to the Lord and to worship the Lord just as Mary is doing. Now again, God speaks of this relationship that he has with mankind using the illustration of a mother. In Isaiah 49, verse 15, he says, Can a woman forget her nursing child? 
and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Well, remember what Mary was told? Was told about that sword that was going to penetrate her heart by Simeon. The Christ child was just a baby. She's in the temple, and he tells her of, of this. And I always look at the sword. Well, if you can think of a picture of a sword, long and straight, with the cross section at the top to protect your hand against the blade, kind of looks like a cross. And that's exactly what was going to penetrate as she was standing at the foot of the cross. Can you imagine looking into the eyes of her son who was being executed right before her very face? But nonetheless, she still worshiped the Lord, understanding that this is bigger than me. Motherhood is bigger than you. It's bigger than, I was going to say it's, it's all, but all women. It's bigger than all, all women because this is a great work that God does. You just enter in in obedience to what the Lord is doing, but God works the greater work through motherhood and, and through fatherhood as well. But again, this illustration, can a woman forget her nursing child? In the scriptures, as I pointed out so many times, when a question is asked, the answer is almost 99% of the time. I can't think of any place where it's not, but to the negative. And what I mean by negative, can a woman forget her nursing child? The implied answer is no. And not have compassion on the son of her womb? No, she will have compassion on the son of her womb. Surely they may forget, but I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. And I've been able to have front row seats to the heart of my wife when it comes to our children. And I see how dear that is. I love my children. I love my children with all of my heart. But if you never notice, there's differences between Terry and myself. God kind of made us that way. Remember right in the beginning, he called them male and female in order to, he made them in his image, male and female. And he's taken certain attributes of God and put them in the male and certain attributes of God and put them in the female, generally speaking. And I've seen compassion and I've seen love illustrated, the compassion and love of God illustrated through my wife. And these things are reality to such a degree that this is what God, well, when he wanted to give the illustration of the love that he had for his people, he looked at it, he used it from the perspective of a mother. And he says, I've got the stretch marks or the birthing mark, whatever, uh, upon my hands. That if you forget the love, if you ever doubt the love, is all you have to do is look at the wounds of love. And again, this is, he, he's given of his heart for, for his people. And when he wanted to illustrate that, straight that, he used the ministry of a mom. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She's understanding this is just simply a work from God. Now, she could see that from a maybe clearer perspective, as that angels appeared to her. This is a virgin birth and, and all of this stuff. But again, birth is, is just a miracle. I, I was present at the birth of, of all of my children. Two were delivered naturally. Two, the twins, were delivered by cesarean. And I'll just never forget the miracle of it all. It was just an absolute miracle to see life spring forth from my wife's body. Now, I, I see the, the process, and as a man, I'm thinking, if I had one, I'd never have another. But I just saw the God-given desire for, for her to, to do this, to go through this, and to experience this. And I'm just coming to the understanding, and I wasn't saved at the time, but this is truly from God, because God has done great things for me. 
God's done great things. Now, what is she looking at or considering? She's considering the child. God has done great things for me. Why? Because it's necessary. It's necessary for us to go forth and to multiply. And as we do that, we see God's doing great things for us. As we raise up the future generations, as we pour ourselves into them, and they do the future generations, but it also works backwards as well. Because one day believe it or not, we're all going to get old. We're not yet there, but one day we're going to get there. I look at Bob, but I don't think Bob's all that old, are you, Bob? Bob's like, what are you, 103? No. (laughs) But there's a good reward for our work. There's a good reward for our work. And so today, this afternoon, I'm going to be, when I go home, I'm going to have my wife there to greet me my not all of my kids but a couple of my children will be there their children's children are going to be there my mom is going to come over for for lunch today and just to be able to enjoy the generations and the good work that god has done to value that don't ever allow that to get past you the joy of family because again that is something that is ordained by god and ought to be cherished by mankind now we see that even flows through into the body of Christ because the feeling of family that we have in the body of Christ is to be valued as well and it ought not to be discounted but today we're looking at moms and although we've been rebirthed through Jesus Christ it's in my family that I see this great work that my wife and I have done we went on a vacation a couple of weeks ago I don't remember if it was that day or some other day but my wife just turned and looked at me as we were enjoying Um, my daughter Jamie was there with her husband and kids and my daughter Chelsea with her husband and kids and she says just think that this started 35 years ago back in June 28 1980 it was just you and I and that really touched me It, it really caused me to think we had these two kids my wife and myself I didn't have a clue about life or anything else and God had done great things God's done great things Don't forget, ladies, Mother's Day, I pray that you're blessed, but don't forget to count your blessings. Don't don't forget to realize the great things that God has done. And again, if things need to change, then see that change comes out as much as depends upon you. And the rest, just give over to prayer because as I just showed you, God does answer prayer. Take none of these things for granted. He who is mighty has done great things for me. And again, and holy is his name. He who is mighty... And so Mary's realizing, mighty God, creator of the universe, he's thinking about me. He's thinking about his people. Mighty God, creator of the universe, thinks about you. He's mindful of you. He's holy. We're not. We've been made holy through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But our holy God, he thinks upon us, he cares for us, and he enters into our lives. And his mercy, verse 50, is on those who fear him from generation to generation. I know that, and I think I used it as an illustration, I don't remember what service, it doesn't naturally happen. Matter of fact, we naturally regress. And so his mercy is on those who fear him. So because of our shortcomings, he is merciful. And what does he enable? He enables us to share the gospel from generation to generation. 
So as much as depends upon me, I will, de- I will prepare the generations for the future. And again, the ministry of a mom, we see right here that this is what God is using. Verse 51, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. I, I like this scripture. I, I never really paid that much attention to it before, verse 51, the one I just read. But he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. What does that tell me? That the perception of pride is just in their imagination. And so when I'm training up a child in the way that he should go, I want to train him up in the faith in the Lord and not in self-esteem and not in a prideful manner or in a manner that he becomes or she becomes prideful because we're told here that this is just something that exists in their imagination and there's nothing real and there's no real substance and actually if there is any substance to it, it's to the negative. And so... She's saying he has shown great strength with his arm, that the future generations would understand and realize that to live a life that is going to be productive, it's got to be in the strength of the Lord. And the idea is Mary has been overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And myself, just as you and anybody else, Mother's Father's Day aside, that just as truly as I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to glorify God in this life, that I pray that my children would understand that as well, and they would realize the strong arm of God, the strength of what God is able to do, able to carry through them through the hard times of their lives, bringing them to the point where they're humbled and brought low in order for God to lift them up, to look at the things that are going on across the world. And at times I do this, and sometimes it gets the better of me, and we see how evil seems to be taking over this world. Our country, there's some positives, but there's quite a few negatives in the direction that it's going. And then I start thinking... Man, this is tough. What about my kids? What about my grandkids? What about the ones that are even under a year? What's it going to be like when they're, if the Lord tarries, when they're my age? Well, they're going to have to do the same thing that I had to do. They're going to have to rely upon the strong arm of the Lord. Because if you try to rely upon the flesh, you're going to fail. Because the flesh always fails, but the spirit always prevails. And so I want my kids to understand the power of God as God, through the Holy Spirit, dwells inside of all of us. And he strengthens me when I come upon situations and circumstances that are bigger than me. I want to teach and train our children to not give up, to never give up, and I do so by never giving up on them. I do so by continuing to push forward in that higher calling in Christ Jesus in my life, but through that life into their life also. That they know that things are going to be hard. Life is hard. We struggle because of the sinful condition of men, our own flesh, but also the flesh of others. And we see the great evil that exists, but God is bigger than that. Matter of fact, we're told that Christ overcame the world. We're more than conquerors. We know that if this life runs us over somehow, some way, or at least what I'm talking about, if it takes our life, it only seems to be a victory, but it's already become, I've already become victorious in Jesus Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And in all of that, I've got a great confidence. And I want my kids to have that confidence as well. Confidence in what God is able to do. Well, confidence in what God is doing even at that moment. Because again, 
It may seem like everything's falling apart, but God's got his will and he's working out this perfect plan. And I want my children to know that and I want them to understand that. They need to be proactive in their Christian lives. There's simply no doubt about that. But as they're proactive, it's, we see God do great work through it. Just think if you, can, if you were able to talk to the Apostle Paul's mother. Man, how did you train this young guy up? This guy was passionate. Yeah, I, I, I taught him to be passionate. How'd you teach him to be passionate? I was passionate. I was passionate about the things that were important to me. The things that were important to me, I poured myself into. And you know what, Polly, or Solly at that time, Saul, he would look at me to me, and, and I came to that under, you know, obviously I'm paraphrasing, we don't know who Paul's mother was, but he sees these things, and he saw as they were important to me, he started to make them important to himself. And I came to the realization of that. And so as I made the things of the Lord important to me, I noticed he made them important to himself. As, as I desired to be strengthened by God, and as he saw the strength of God in me, he wanted the strength of God in him. And Paul was a man who became very impassioned, misdirected for a period of time, but when God, when God gripped his heart and brought him into the kingdom of God, into the family of God, those passions, that teaching and that training was all directed in the proper way, and he was able to set the world upon its ear. And... This is one of the things that Paul saw in, the, in, in, in Timothy, in young Timothy, in as far as how his mother and grandmother both raised him, that he wasn't just going to be another lukewarm believer, but this young man was going to be used for the glory of God. Now, I look at young Timothy, and I think, we never hear anything about his dad. His dad just simply wasn't much in the picture, at least spiritually speaking. And I have to kind of believe that maybe Timothy was kind of left to mom and grandma. And the psychologist will say, well, that's not real good for development, but Timothy seemed to prevail. But you look at him, and Timothy is referred to as timid Timothy. And so, well, maybe there wasn't the teaching and training that he needed that came from a man. But what Paul saw here was that which is invaluable to a believer's life. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, the purity of faith that is in you. Because Paul could say, I've seen the church. I've seen people who claim to be believers or claim to be Christians. And yeah, there's this counterfeit faith, but not really a genuineness of faith. There's not this real knowledge and relationship of Jesus Christ. But Paul, when he came into contact with Timothy, and the, Timothy for the very first time, he came, I, I remembered that that's a genuine believer. I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded or have come to a full understanding, is in you also, from mom to mom to son to eternity. And it's what it's all about. There's this genuineness of faith. Somewhere along the line, Eunice looked to Lois, Eunice looked to her mother and saw a genuineness. This is real. This is real, and this is necessary. I want what my mother has. 
and then they in turn turn to Timothy. At some point, this man who physically is timid saw this is real. This is real, and this is powerful, and I want it. And as he was able to glean from them, we see that God God did an amazing thing. So Paul's talking to this young man, Timothy. Remember John Mark? He didn't want anything to do with John Mark. And so him and Barnabas split over it, and they went off on, on their own. And the first person that God brings Paul to is timid Timothy. And I have to believe Paul, or God's telling Paul, I want you to train up this younger generation. Now, when I say train up, I'm not talking about starting from scratch. I want you to enter into where grandma and mom was was doing this great work because I use them through their formative years to bring them to this point. Now, Timothy has reached this point in the history or the timeline of his life that I am going to set him on fire. Well, Timothy was kind of a slow burn because Paul, you can see, especially at the beginning of 2 Timothy, got kind of frustrated with him, telling him to stand up and to step up. But the thing about it is, Timothy believed to such a degree the, the ministry of Paul in his life, the ministry of Lois and the ministry of Eunice, tradition, not the Bible, but tradition tells us that he gave his life for the Lord Jesus Christ before his beliefs in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that just tells me of the, of the reality of the ministry of that grandmother and that mom, that Timothy at some point decided, I'm all in, I'm all in. Because mom was all in. Because grandma was all in. And so let me ask you, ladies and men, you want your child to be the same Christian that you are today? Or do you want them to be better? Do you want them to worship the Lord the same way that you do? If the answer is no, then you need to step it up. And again, it doesn't matter how old you are. And it doesn't matter how, to what degree you do worship the Lord because we can always do better. But consider that. To the magnitude of, of what you give to God as far as every aspect of your life, every aspect of your Christian life, is it acceptable for your children to mimic that and to carry it on? I want better. I want better. My wife and I, we didn't come to faith in Christ until I think it was our late 20s or 30s, however old we were. See, I'm getting old, I don't remember. But we got better for our children in that they were taught the things of the Lord at a very early age. And then I see my grandchildren, they're taught the things of the Lord at an even earlier age. And so we're preparing these generations to go forward with the understanding of of what grandma and grandpa had, what mom and dad have. I've got better. And I'm able to enter into God and what he desires to do in such a greater way than even they were. And that's where we're going to see today the beginnings of revival that we would stroke those embers, that they would become a flame, and that flame would become a fire, and we would set this world on fire. We're told in the scriptures of a great revival that's going to happen before the second coming of Christ. I pray that we can be the catalyst of that through the generations that follow us. And so that being the case, I need to have this mindset Verse 51, he has shown great strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Verse 52, he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. 
He's exalted the, the people who are of humble opinion, opinion of themselves. That my children and my children's children would always have the proper perspective that all they are of is because of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That being the case, I would not preach anything other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. And what I mean by that is, it's essential that they learn to spell, because then your presentation is going to be spelled wrong and your mom's not going to deal with that. I need to understand, I need to learn math, I need to teach them math, and I need to teach them all these basic things. But Christ has to enter into all of them. It's the problem that we would have with public schools today. They teach all of these things, but they take Christ out of the equation, so they got an improper perspective. they got an improper perspective of a man and a woman because they've taken Christ out of it. They've got an improper perspective of one plus one because they've taken Christ out of it. We need to bring Christ into these things. And as we bring Christ even into the most elementary things, it's not going to be a big thing to see that God moves in all of the details of our lives. Because just as you get older, you come to a higher awareness that all things, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for the good. And you don't understand that unless you know and are thoroughly convinced that God is in the details of life. And we need to train our children that God is in every detail of your life. Because when he finds and realizes that God is in the details of my life, he or she, then they're going to be seeking God out in every aspect of that life. And then you're going to see a person who's under the direction of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. He has put down the mighty from the thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty, that they would always hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, that they would not seek to build anything upon the foundation of their own righteousness because it just simply does not exist. But they will constantly seek after the absolute rightness of God. And that's what we're missing in the generations today. The knowledge of the absolute rightness of God because the enemy has attacked us at the point of the rightness of God. So that to such a degree that God, or at least his word, is no longer right and the world is seeking out. Can you do something with that kid, Matt? (laughs) Too many mothers in here. But we have to understand where the attack is at today. It's at the foundation of our beliefs at the word of God and the knowledge of what God has done and who he is. And they have to be strengthened in that. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. Verse 56, and Mary remained with her, with Elizabeth, about three months and return to her house is to be strengthened and to be prepared because we're all going into the hard place. Now, just think of this, and we'll we'll close with this last thought. And Mary remained with her, with Elizabeth, nice safe place, kindred spirit, like-minded. Elizabeth recognized who it was that Mary was was carrying. She understood this great work that God is doing. So she's in that safe place. But then it says, and Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her house. Can you imagine as she's returning? She's understanding the magnitude of what God's doing, but nonetheless, this young lady's about to go into a very hard thing. Now, again, she could be stoned because she's impregnated apart from marriage. And, and, and can you imagine telling 
telling your, your parents that you're, you're pregnant. What? What did you do? Nothing. God impregnated me. It's like, yeah, right. And then she's betrothed to Joseph or engaged, a little bit stronger than that, uh, engaged to, to Joseph at this time. And, and having Joseph, what did you do to me? Don't worry about it. God's got a plan in all of this. Yeah, right. And so can you imagine the mindset of her as she's coming back to her village and entering into her, the, the life that she had before, only this time she's changed and she's altered. And she's realizing these things that she was praying for her, her, her son, the son who is to be born, is also things that she needs to pray for herself. Just as her son, she's praying that he would be bold and understand the strength of God, that she would be bold and understand the strength of God that she would understand that the old person is dead and now she's understanding this great work that her Savior is doing, that that heart of worship will continue through into every aspect of her life, that she would glorify God in all that she does and all that she is. Didn't really use notes today, but I do have one thing that I want to... Just a, a prayer of a mother concerning her child. O oh Lord that my child would be used to change people's lives, that my child would be evangelist, awaking others to their higher calling in Christ, that my child would be God's mouthpiece to his future disciples, that he would be an ambassador calling people to reconcile themselves to God, that my child would shepherd his people, nourishing and caring for them day by day, that my child would be a steward of God's word, rightfully handling it, to tell people of all that God has done for them, that we would send forth the future generations as a mighty army, that they would realize that they fight from the standpoint of victory to a, for a holy God who has chosen to bring us into the battle and has set his name upon us, that we would not bring disgrace to that name, but we as the parents, especially as moms today, you would prepare your children to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of their situations and circumstances, that they would understand that the fabric of victory in Christ Jesus is what we are all about. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given us this time this morning. Lord, I thank you that I've been able to kind of sit on the sidelines of my home and in my church and see this ministry of a mom and see the value of it. And I just pray, Father, even right now, Lord, that those of this church would grasp onto that. It doesn't matter where your child is and how your child is walking. What matters is, is that we never give up that this prayer would be upon our lips and that we would have a heart, that our children would be awakened to a right relationship with Jesus Christ and all that entails. And for our children that are walking with the Lord, that we would not take that for granted. But Lord, just continue to refine them as you refined us. That Lord, you would allow trials and tribulations, but Father, you would have your perfect work to be achieved through those. And so Father, we just thank you for this morning and we praise you. Lord, I, I want to lift up our brother Sal, Sal Flores. He, he got the, the note this morning that his mother was brought to the hospital, possibly with a stroke. And so, Father, I pray that you would be with Sal, that, Lord, his mother's calling and election would be brought to fruition, Lord, through this time. If she needs ministry as far as her salvation, I pray that you would fill Sal with your spirit and that you would use him surely as she gave him life, that he would give her new life. And so, Father, we just lift him up to you and just pray for both Sal and his family.
right now, if you're a mom, stand up. I just want to pray over you. Father, I lift up these women who stand before you right now, and I pray, God, that you would fill them with your spirit. I pray the things that we talked about from your word this morning would go before them, and I pray, as I said, that they would embrace these things and, Lord, make an evaluation of their lives and, Father, continue to push forward in that higher calling in Christ Jesus. Again, filling them with your spirit that the power would be of God and not of man, and as they do, as you do, I just pray, Father, that we would see great things in the kingdom of heaven. So I lift them up to you, pray that you would always go before them. We thank you, Father, and we do appreciate their ministry, and we hold it of value with in our hearts and just pray father for the future of their ministry again father that we would see it continue to work miracles throughout the generations and so father we just thank you once again for this morning i pray father for all here as we go into the houses of family and friends that you would enable us for the work that you have set before us we pray in jesus name amen go ahead and stand